Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Hey, welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop, uh, baseball podcast episode four. Uh, just me this week. Um, a little more difficult to do this than with the wrestling one. If our guest falls through, I obviously got me and Matt, and we're, we're good to go. Um, with this, I don't have as many people to fall back on, and I don't have a co-host for this one. So um, I could just have cancelled this one, but there was something kind of important I wanted to talk about this week. Um, I know it's going to get mentioned on Jackson's JGB Sports podcast, but... I want him to tell his story on uh, his podcast, and I wanted to tell it from my perspective on this podcast. So that's why I went ahead with it. So, hey, don't have to do intros or anything. Let's get straight into this. Um, main good cop moment for the week. This is um, Thursday morning as I'm recording this, which is normally a little late and I'm trying to record these, but the reason is Wednesday we were out of town all day yesterday. We were in Baltimore, um, did a few things during the day and the afternoon, but the main reason we were in Baltimore was uh, we had got extended an opportunity to um, uh, visit the Orioles. Um, from the account, um, oh, sorry, from the Just Play event that uh, Jackson attended in April at Coppin State that kind of started off his love of baseball again and his um, love of following Coppin State. Um, there was lots of different people there. Um, MLB were part of their Just, their just Play organization. Coppin State was obviously involved. And um, we were told that um, kind of like our story had been passed on a little bit. Uh, Jackson st- stayed for the game after the play ball thing and started to learn how to score. Uh, he watched the uh, official scorer, and he was really helpful in showing him how to do things, and um, he got really into it. Um, he later found out that you can just get a box score the day after the game, and at that point, he was like, I don't want to score anymore. He was quite happy to let other people score, and he just looked at the uh, the results, as it were. Anyway, the email that we received probably about two months ago, which we stayed kind of quiet about because we didn't want it to, um, in case it fell through, it was a big opportunity, and we just wanted to see what happened. Um, yeah, he was given an opportunity. Um, said, we heard you have a love of statistics, Uh, we'd like to invite you to a game, we have some fun uh, pre-show activities prepared for you. We had no idea what that entailed, but we were like, absolutely, yeah, we're totally interested in that. Um, We were told we had to send in our vaccination cards, uh, or proof of vaccination, so we we did that. And our feeling for that was, if they're doing that, we're probably going to be around either people who work for the Orioles organization, possibly players, uh, not quite sure. But obviously just to go into the stadium, you don't need that. So we knew it was an invitation for more than just going to the game and from the kind of things that were mentioned in the email. Um, we responded back and probably about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that, um, we, we were given the date, which was uh, July 6th. We had to wait a little bit because I was supposed to go on my trip to North Carolina. We just wanted to make sure that all worked. And we kind of scaled that back a little bit because we wanted to make sure we could attend this event on July 6th. And um, yeah, a couple of days ago, we actually got the final schedule of all the things that were going to be involved uh, with this. And um, yeah, so we did that. So games start at 7.05. Fans normally let in an hour before, so about 6.05. And we were told to meet at the uh, Home Run Plaza at 4.50, I think it was, or about 5 o'clock. So a full hour before people were let in. And uh, we knew we were going to get to watch batting practice. 
Now, the lead up to this day is potentially a bad cop moment. Um, the weather forecast was not good for this game against the Texas Rangers. Um, there was repeated incidents of uh, suspected thunder, uh, scattered thunderstorms, uh, high, count, high percentage chance of rain, etc., etc. So there was a lot going on with this one. Um, as we checked in the morning, it looked like it got pushed back a little bit. It looked like batting practice would happen, but the rain, the game did itself did not look good. And we weren't sure the whole day whether the game would even go ahead. Uh, we played disc golf in the morning, and we were like, wow, it looks kind of nice. And as we were walking around Baltimore in a harbor, the same thing looked really nice, but just not sure what was going to happen, um, whether it would actually happen. Anyway, as we got into the game, um, everything's still looking good at this point. We're thinking, hey, we're probably going probably gonna to be good, get to see batting practice. Uh, we checked in. We met the um, the person who was the representative of the Orioles. Uh, we had to get like security badges, things like that. Um, we were given seats uh, to a lower level section, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. They were really cool seats, and um, yeah, we were led through the different tunnels so we could go and watch the batting practice. Now it's all roped off, so you can't get right up to the cage or anything, but you can see the players in there. The cage was out. There was one player stood there, but nobody was really throwing anything. Uh, a couple of players to the side who were just warming up. And, um, yeah, nothing's really happening. We looked up at the sky, and the clouds are just so dark. It's like, this does not look good. And, um, yeah, batting practice didn't actually happen. They, um, they came out. They put the covers all over the infield and part of the outfield, which was actually cool to watch from that close up. I don't think I've ever seen it that close. 20-man uh, operation. Um, if you ever try to put a tent away by yourself, uh, you know how you get those air pockets? Well, if you can imagine the size of the of the top that they put over the field, it's many, many times bigger. Uh, perhaps people from England who are listening, you can relate to this in cricket as well. But yeah, it's it's really difficult to do. Uh, it was really good to see those guys doing that. And But that meant no bag practice. Um, they took the cage away, they wheeled it away, and we were just kind of left stood there thinking, okay, what, what's going to happen? Uh, a few players kind of popped their head out through the uh, dugout to see what was going on. And there was other people that back in practice. It was probably about um, 10 other groups, I think, who were there, 10 families there who were watching as well. And one of the people next to us was very knowledgeable. And they actually asked us, like, do we have a pen? Do we have anything to sign? I was like... I didn't even think about that. Like, I'm assuming they're just taking batting practice, not really signing. But if there's no batting practice, then hey, why not ask them to sign? So anyway, the lady gave us a pen, gave us a marker, and we said, well, we can get Jackson's cap signed. So sure enough, that's what we did. Um, as soon as a player came up, kind of all the kids got pushed to the front, which was really kind of cool for Jackson. He was kind of hanging back, and they were like, no, 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 go, 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 go. So um, he got four autographs. Um, the first player, I can't remember his name, unfortunately. Uh, you can see the number on Jackson's cap. Um, he then got a, a pitcher, his name's Creamer. Um, Ryan Mountcastle, who he did know, and was a player who really wanted to meet. Um, he was he came up. Apparently, he's got um, a sinus issue right now, so he didn't play. I think he only pinch hit yesterday's game. Uh, sorry, the day before's game, and then he didn't pitch at all. He didn't play at all on Wednesday's game, so he was not going to play anyway. So he came out and did a few signings. And um, John Means, I, I'm not sure if he was. I don't think he was warming up, but he's um, he's got Tommy John surgery, so he's out for the whole year pretty much. Uh, he came around, and that's somebody who Jackson definitely knows. Um, he's probably the Orioles' star pitcher if it wasn't for injury. And um, we actually saw him in the Milwaukee Brewers game. So he came along, um, got him to sign as well. So, um, yeah, he got he got four really cool autographs out of it. And to be honest, it was just kind of nice watching, not just laid back, just laid against the um, just stood up against the wall, watching what's going on in the field, watching people kind of set things up, uh, catching a few players, trying to see who's going to come out. And, um, yeah, it got to about 5.50. We knew the section was going to end about 6. And around 5.50-ish, they started to take the uh, covers off. So we're like, oh, I, I guess we are going to get to see a game. 
and they took the covers off. Um, far too late for batting practice at this point. The fans starting to come in. We got led back through the tunnel, um, taken into the main area, and we had about 50 minutes to go find our seats, get some food, etc., etc. We never got to our seats. Uh, I've been to Oriole Stadium many times, and there were still a few things that were pointed out to us as we were walking around before that I hadn't seen. So we looked at those things, took some pictures. Uh, Jackson went back to his pizza place he went last time. He says it's the best slice of pizza he's ever had. I, I hope so, because it was about $9 a slice. Um, we carried on walking around the stadium. He wanted a foam finger, um, so we got him one at the Durham Bulls, but he wanted one for the Orioles. I'm like, hey, sure, why not? We're, we're here. We're going to come to several of these games, so we'll get one. And as we got in, we saw they actually had um, a claw finger. So with Baltimore being associated with a crab, we, we got one of those, so that, that was kind of cool. Uh, we got a rally towel because that was their special promotion for the day. That was half price. Um, walked around the stadium. Uh, kind of watched the bullpen for a little bit. Um, they were just kind of setting up though, so we didn't hang around for too long. Looked at some of the statues over on that side. Um, walked by Boogs. Um, for lunch, I didn't even really have a full lunch. Um, I got a kid's meal for JJ um, at the Inner Harbor, and we could sit down and look over the harbor. And I didn't order anything, because I was like, he probably won't finish anyway, So and he didn't, so we just split that. And I was full. I don't know why. We'd done about, I think over the day we did 20,000 steps. So I should have been hungry. Uh, I just wasn't. I really wanted Boogs. I haven't had his uh, famous barbecue yet. But I was like, I'm not hungry. So we didn't. We carried on walking. Uh, we walked past Utah Street. And then there's like an area you can hang out with, with tables, uh, where some of the home runs are hit to uh, to right field. So we, we sat there while he had his pizza. Uh, took a few pictures there because you get a good view of home plate from there and the backdrop to the stadium and um, walked around the far side, uh, found the kids' games. So he played those, talked a bit of soccer with one of the fans once he heard my accent was English. Uh, found out Arsenal are playing Everton at the uh, Raven Stadium on July 16th. I didn't know about that. I probably won't go because I'm not really interested in either of those two teams. But uh, yeah, certainly didn't know about that. And went to the bathroom because I knew we had something coming up for the next four innings and I didn't want to suddenly get caught short in the middle of that. So... Uh, we did that and then we looked at the time we're like oh shoot we haven't even found our seat yet and it's uh, time to get back so we went back to that home home run plaza area uh, met up with a couple uh, met up with one other person as well uh, Liam I think it was and um, we got escorted to the official scorers box so with Jay's love of stats I think this is what um, the message that got sent to them this is why this uh, offer was extended to try and develop the love of the game through uh, young people as Jackson was shown to be so we got up to the official scorers desk and they have prime seats um, they're behind home plate um, it's probably a 200 section something like that but you can see clearly everything that goes on we looked around, they gave us the, the scorecard, they gave us the, the the lineups for the day, they gave us the media notes so you can see everything. I haven't had a chance to look through all of those, uh, but I did have a look through one of them and probably around the third inning, and now I know where they get all their stats from. There was a whole list that said things like, last time somebody had a double, last time somebody had a triple, last time somebody had a home run, uh, last time somebody stole home. Uh, so Cedric Mullins in 2021 I saw was the last time that happened. Uh, for pitchers, last time somebody had a perfect game, that's never happened, it said. Last time somebody had um, a no hitter for the Orioles, which was actually John Means, who we actually got whose autograph 
we got. So that was kind of cool. Um, I didn't know he'd thrown a no-hitter. Uh, last time somebody threw a one-hitter, two-hitter. They have like every single possibility there. So if you're in the commentator's booth and you've suddenly got to pull up a stat, boom, it's right there in front of you. Uh, they had all the stats for the individual players. They had some background of like how they've been doing in the last 10 games, things that happened in the last couple of games. Um, so I got to look through those, but I found that really interesting, all, that, all the data that they have there. Um, the screens that they have as well, um, the, the kind of the team around where that area is. Uh, you can see how they do the how do they do the stats for the game day. Like they have trackers on all the individual players as well, so you can get those stats later. Like how far they ran during a game for for soccer and things like that. Um, it helps you to check out which where people are going. So that that was really cool to see as well. Um, I didn't realize at the same time the announcer was also there. So when the players are coming up, like coming up to bat, number five, etc., etc., etc. I forget that lady's name. I apologize for not remembering her, but she she was really cool as well. Um, Jackson actually got to sit in the official scorer's seat, and the official scorer's like, no, 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 I'll stand, I'll stand. He's like, that's good. I don't mind standing for. We were going to be there for two innings, is what we were told. And um, yeah, the game started, and we got a chance to ask a few questions. Uh, like I wasn't sure like the difference between like when a play is challenged, like what happens there? Do you make the call? And we were told, hey, we make the call that was on the field. Uh, it then gets sent to New York to review, and then if the play is changed, then we'll change our score as well. So we got to see all that. I was surprised they actually did the official scoring on paper. I assumed it would all be electronic. Like even at some of Mason's Little League games, a lot of that stuff was electronic. Um, but he said, no, he does it on paper. That message gets relayed to the other people, and then they take care of the electronic side, so you can get that out for uh, people who are watching online and trying to get their stats that way. Um, also, the guy announced the, uh, the starting time, the initial temperature, and things like that that you often see on the, uh, the box score as well. And um, a lot of the plays were, were kind of routine to begin with. Like, so Jackson was, we practiced a few things like, hey, the ball gets hit to third base, gets thrown to first base, uh, what would you score it as? So for people who follow baseball, all the different players have assigned numbers. So the third baseman is five, the first baseman is three. So instead of saying third baseman to first baseman, you just say five, three. And they understand that the third baseman threw it to the first baseman for the out. And to begin with, most of them were pretty standard outs. Um, I think through the first inning, I'm not even sure there was any hits. Um, I might have been one hit at the most between the two teams. So there wasn't much going on. Um, in the second inning, there was one particularly crazy play. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. I know there was a scramble for first place. The player kind of bobbled it, threw it, but threw a wild pitch. So it went past the first baseman. That allowed runners on second and third to um, actually score. So the guy from third automatically scored anyway, but the guy from second who should have been held at third uh, also managed to score. So there were some pretty crazy ones. Um, I did see to end the inning there was um, what looked to me like a 6-4-3 double play, which is when the shortstop throws to second base and then to first baseman. But I hadn't even noticed the players had actually switched for some reason. The third baseman and the second baseman had switched places. So it wasn't actually a 6-4-3 double play at all. So it was kind of obvious that you've got to be really focused focused on this like it's not just looking at basic positions you've got to know when who those players are and where they've moved to exactly and um yeah you've got to be aware you can't miss a play now if you did happen to miss a play or you weren't sure what's going on there was a tv there that was on um, a several second delay and that might actually be the real feed i'm not sure so you could watch that play again and then you could see what happens or if you still weren't good you could rewind that feed and watch it for a second third fourth time whatever you need so yeah there were some really interesting things there that we wouldn't have been familiar with um but even if it hadn't been interested just a really great place to see the game 
Um, yeah, Jackson got to wear the headphones as well, so he could hear the people who were talking as well to find out what was going on. Uh, he had binoculars there, so he could kind of find out a few new things as well. Uh, they were telling him a few interesting stats, which I'd forgotten about. One of them, the scoreboard. Um, I think the sponsor is The Sun, which I think is the Baltimore Sun. But when there's a hit, the H actually flashes, I think it is, or lights up. We didn't get to see that early because there was no hits. Or I think the E lights up if it's an error as well. So he got to find out things like that. And um, yeah, those... Those, oh, the other thing I forgot right at the start is, as we went in, um, they kind of asked Jackson, they kind of gave him a little talk, and then they asked him, like, is there any questions or is there anything you want? He saw a popcorn machine on the side, and he's like, can I get some popcorn? I was like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me. He's really trying to embarrass me here. And they were like, oh yeah, of course you can. I was like, oh my god, you're trying to embarrass Dad here. Um, so he got a little... Uh, he got a little, I won't say a bucket, he got a little tray of popcorn so he could uh, he could eat that as well. And um, I saw the soda machines there as well. I was like, please don't ask for a soda. Please don't ask for a soda. But yeah, we were in uh, like the media section. Um, interesting to me, not everyone was there at first pitch. Um, I guess if you're perhaps the writer for the room, for the magazine, uh, for the newspaper in the area, perhaps you don't have to get there for the start. Perhaps you can get there like an hour in, uh, catch up online what happened in the first inning, and then you're there kind of more for the finish. That's probably the important part of the game rather than the end of the game. So yeah, people wandering in at different points in time. And um, yeah, then we left. Uh, for the third inning, we were heading up to kind of like the TV crew area, so you could get to see how they put the uh, the video packages together. Um, that was really interesting to see. Um, we didn't get to see much, but the time it took us to walk from where we were to where we were going, uh, the Rangers must have gone one, two, three that inning, because we didn't see them at all. The Orioles were straight up to bat again. So we were probably only in that room for five minutes, something like that. It wasn't very long at all. Uh, Jackson got to press one of the buttons that allowed you to switch from one player who was on deck. Uh, sorry, one player who was batting to the next person, so you could see their stats. Uh, you could see the, the TV crew telling, like, you could see all the cameras, and you could see them, like, go to camera six, go to camera three, etc., etc. So that was kind of interesting to see how you could do it. But while that was going on in that room, you could also hear the announcements from the people who we just sat next to as well, like when the people line up. So you can kind of piece the game together. Oh, now we know what happens. That person does the announcement. That person puts the video thing up ready. So when you get to the commentators, they can see who's coming up to bat, what's their current stats, etc., etc. Um, we were there just for the third inning. We left for the fourth inning. We were going to join the uh, the Masson crew, uh, the commentary team there. And we couldn't actually get in straight away because... Uh, John Means, the commentator, was actually... Uh, John Means, the pitcher, was actually in there commentating with them for a little bit. Um, I guess while he's injured, um, he's in there talking occasionally. Uh, obviously loves baseball and wants to still be involved. Very knowledgeable guy. So he's been um, doing a few little segments for them. So anyway, we waited a little bit. I think we came in probably about the bottom of the fourth, perhaps. Or it might have been top of the fifth. I kind of lost track of things. Um, we got to, we were told you've got to be very quiet when you're in this section as well. Because obviously they're commentating. So we were. Jackson was super quiet. And um, he got to see the, the main camera from behind home plate. He got to see how that worked. And uh, that was kind of interesting. We just listened to those guys. And um, yeah, we were there for an inning. And then after the inning finished, um, those guys, were, I guess they went to commercial break. We got to talk to the commentators for a little bit. Uh, got a couple of pictures. And the other thing I just remembered with him being super quiet, we were told when we were in the... Um, scorer's box you obviously have to be very neutral for this it's not like you're supporting one team or another you're just recording the game um i forgot jackson's got his orioles cap on orioles jersey orioles sleeves uh Bowie bay sock socks uh foam finger he's got everything orioles related and um i forgot one point when there was i was kind of cheering when they got a walk and i suddenly remembered i gotta stop doing that and also when you get the cheer then when you get the um the sound noise of da 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 normally you go charge 
And I looked across at Jackson at one point and I was like, please don't shout charge out. And he looked at me, had his hand over his mouth and then just pretended to do a, a tiny little charge. So he was still trying to support the Orioles clearly. Um, but yeah, it was obviously it makes sense that as a neutral record in the game, you wouldn't want somebody who was uh, totally biased. Um, after that inning, that was us. That was we could go to our seats, and um, we actually noticed during that inning. I noticed the cameraman was pointing his camera up to the lights at the end of the inning. I was like, "What is he doing?" And anyway, he came back to the picture again, and then I looked out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it is raining!" So our fears of it um, being a total mess um, proved to be true in the end. It, it came down really heavy, and we're like, "Oh my gosh!" And we're gonna. We knew we had enough innings for it to be a legit game. So if it ended earlier, the Orioles were in the lead at this point, two to zero, I think it was. So it would have still counted as a game. Uh, we went and finally found out where our seats were, and they were amazing. We initially sat in the wrong section. We sat in 18, and we were in section 20. But yeah, we were super close. Um, we could see Oriole Bird hanging around the dugout. And um, yeah, just the best seats I've ever had. Um, although Jackson said he preferred the seats up where the scorer's box were, and I was like, yeah, I kind of did too. It was, uh, was kind of cool to, to see what was going on up there. And um, yeah, the rain came down a little bit. And we're like, well, we'll see how it goes. And then actually the rain stopped. Um, we got to watch the game. Uh, in between us walking down, the rain just got a run, so it was two to one. Um, it then started raining. We had the seventh inning stretch. Um, then the rain started coming in really heavy. I think it was bottom of the eighth, and I think that was around the time we left. It might have been the top of the eighth. And yeah, it just started to get really heavy. So we just left at that point. Um, we had really good parking actually. Uh, we parked for the whole day and we were only perhaps two blocks away from uh, Camden Yards. Got in the car, uh, put the audio on, um, MLB audio. I can't get the game on my phone because it's a blackout for Baltimore being so close. But we can get the audio and we listened to the audio for the game. And um, yeah, um, that was it. There was no more scoring so we didn't miss anything. Um, they won 2-1. to one. That's their first sweep, I think it said, in over a year. So that means they won every single game in the series. It was just a three-game series with this one. They have a four-game series coming up with um, Anaheim. Oh, sorry, not Anaheim. The LA Angels on, um, I guess, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, but yeah, a three win, uh, three consecutive wins. And actually, I think they might have won the game before that. So they might be on a four-game win streak right now. Um, just a really, really cool time. Um, the thing I didn't mention as well, Mason got a bag of goodies at the start as well. As we got there, we got a, a bag. Uh, inside there, there was a bobblehead from the Orioles. Um, I think it's Oriole Bird Hall of Fame induction, mascot Hall of Fame induction 2020, uh, which I know we'll be talking about on JGB this week. Uh, there was like a t-shirt, uh, the sleeves he was wearing on his arms that have Oriole stuff on, he had that. There's like a water bottle, there was some trading cards, um, a, a jump rope. Um, there was a lot of stuff in there, so... Yeah, it, it was a really, really fun time, um, not just for Jackson, but uh, for me as well, getting to see behind the scenes, because I'm really interested in that stuff as well. And uh, by the time we're in the commentary booth, uh, that's the other part I mentioned, you can really see how the game's being put together. Um, like, you could see all those components. Like, you could hear the, the voice of the scorer when different plays are happening. You can see the video packages coming up on their screen so they know how to comment, uh, and then they're actually commentating on the game. So, um, yeah, that, that was definitely... It seemed like an obvious thing. I don't think we're going to get into that much detail on JGB, which is why I kind of wanted to um, just do this, even if it was just solo. I wanted to get make sure I got my thoughts out, and um, I thought Jackson might... I find this interesting later to listen to what did I see obviously he was center stage for all this one what he saw might have been totally different to what I saw because I was watching him whereas he was watching the game kind of thing so um, I thought that was slightly um, I thought that was interesting 
Um, I'm not sure if what other things I have actually. Um, a good cop short moment. Um, a tweet from Adam Wainwright, uh, who plays for the Cardinals. Uh, I'm hiding a signed baseball somewhere in the stands or in the stadium today during my DAP OMW. Let's see who can find it. Now, I have no, no idea what those initials stand for. Um, on the ball, it says scavenger hunt number one, uh, signed by Wainwright, uh, number 50, and it's got a date on it, which was 6 I love the I love it when the players go to little efforts to do things like this. It takes so little time on their part, um, but it really for those younger fans, I think that could be something that's really cool when you get to the game. I know if I'd have told Jackson about this, he would have wanted to walk all over the stadium. He would have checked like every aisle. Um, I think it's nice when players can do something like this. And whoever finds that ball, that's a really cool souvenir. With it saying scavenger hunt number one, I'm assuming there's probably going to be a few more of these um, as well. Um. I'm guessing go straight into the bad cop moments. Um, main bad cop moment. Um, I don't say we're going to get political here, but um, July 4th um, was kind of a... It was a bit of a down day this year. Um, there were a few things that had gone on in the country before where people weren't feeling perhaps as patriotic as they normally would. And then at the start of the day... Uh, the incident in Chicago during the parade where I think seven people died through injuries and multiple other people were injured as well. And then in the evening at Philadelphia, um, I think there was two policemen shot during the fireworks and you could see there were scenes of people running away from there because uh, they thought that was going to be another similar incident. Um, anyway, this leading to something I saw from the Oakland A's. So they put out a tweet uh, saying, The Oakland Police Department, the OPD, is investigating firearm-related injuries that occurred on July 4th, 2022, after 9.30pm in the 7,000 block of Coliseum Way. Following last night's Oakland A's post-game fireworks show, officers were notified of a possible shooting victim inside the ballpark. During the preliminary investigation, officers located three fans struck by bullet fragments from what appears to be celebratory gunfire occurring throughout the city of Oakland. A fourth victim later walked into a local hospital. All four victims sustained non-life-threatening injuries. The Oakland Police Department and Crime Stoppers of Oakland are offering a award of up to 20000 for information leading to an arrest. This is an ongoing investigation. Anyone with information is encouraged to contact the OPD Felony Assault Unit. And OPD will continue working closely with Oakland A's security to ensure the safety of all those attending future A games at the Coliseum. Um, that phrase, celebratory, celebratory gunfire, <laughs> that, that, that was mind-blowing to me. Um, fireworks are not enough for some people. You need to feel the need to fire off a gun as well. And you're firing it in such a way that it can injure people inside a stadium? That, that's not good. As baseball, I like to view as a family event. And that's something where you don't expect your, your children to be in danger or yourself in danger of uh, gunfire. So, um, yeah, a pretty obvious bad cop moment for this one. Uh, like it said, the story's ongoing, so I don't have any more details. Um, I didn't really find anything that bad on baseball this week. I was really, I was like, oh my, I was like, oh my gosh, i got to find something for my bad cop moment section. Um, so, yeah, I was looking through, and that one kind of stood out more than anything else. And uh, my short bad cop moment was something, actually, I had prepared a week ago, and I could have used that easily as well. It doesn't sound like a bad cop moment to begin with. Uh, Bay Sox Educator Appreciation Week. Now, this is from the, the affiliate, I think it's the AA affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, this is the Bowie Bay Sox who are in Maryland, probably about an hour's drive from where we live. Uh, it says, quote, we're excited to welcome teachers and educators out to the ballpark to celebrate another great school year. Teachers and educators, just show your school ID and receive two free tickets to one game of your choice. If you don't have a school-issued ID, you can bring something in that identifies you as an educator. 
uh, presented by Educational Systems Federal Credit Union. Now, I'm a teacher, my wife's a teacher, so I can get free, two free tickets. My wife can get two free tickets. We're a family of four. Boom, we got a free game at the Bay Sox. Uh, we've already been to the Bay Sox once this year. We normally go a couple of times a year. How is this possibly a bad cop moment? was valid between Tuesday, June 28th, Friday, June 1st. And as people might know from last week's episode, we recorded early because I was out of town between June 26th and July 2nd. So that window just fell right in the sweet spot of when I was actually in North Carolina. They offered four days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we couldn't make anyone. We, our trip was Sunday, early Sunday until late Saturday. And unfortunately, we were just out of town on that week. So one of those things, um, obviously, it's not a bad cop moment. It's obviously a great cop moment when people who are on holidays, uh, educators who've had a particularly tough year this year, um, just trying to come back from COVID, trying to get students back into the school mind, uh, mindset, having to introduce a lot of new technology. A lot of things are electronic now. Um, the idea of giving out a worksheet now is kind of alien to a high school teacher. Um, everything's got to be made available online. Um, I don't think I've collected papers more than twice this year. Most things are now submitted electronically and then graded electronically as well. So um, big changes. So nice when people do uh, recognize things like that. Uh, just unfortunate that we uh, couldn't go. Now, as I'm kind of wrapping this up, um, I, I'm not going to do an open agenda. I don't have anything particularly for that. I've been kind of busy this week organizing that thing, and I think we've got enough moments in there anyway. Um, originally, the plan was to do this for eight weeks just to see how it goes over the summer and then continue it later. Um, I was going to try and get four people, and then we were going to get them to appear twice, and I was like, there you go, there's, there's my eight. Don't think we're actually going to need that. I don't think everyone's going to need to appear on twice. Um, I do have some guests who I got lined up who I said, hey, I'll talk to you the first week when I get back from North Carolina. And we've just been so busy, I haven't had a chance to do that. But I believe the next three episodes will be three new people who um, have not been on the show so far. That'll take us up to episode six. And then I only need a couple more people. Um, hopefully the person who I was trying to get on this week, who I've just not been able to get in touch with, hopefully they can come on. That'll be week seven. Um, I know High Five Tom definitely wants to come on again. we got some stuff we got to talk about. He sent me some really interesting stuff about the Milwaukee Brewers and the uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, and the connection between those teams this week. So I know we'll get, get High Five Tom on. So that'll take us up to week eight. Um, we might only have one repeat guest. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, if you want to hear the other side of the story of the main good cop moment that I talked about today, um, that will definitely be featured on JGB Sports Podcast at some point in the future when we actually review the Orioles game in perhaps a little bit more detail, along with some other things. So check that out. Um, but I think as far as uh, this episode goes, uh, that's it. If you made it through all the way, I appreciate it. I said I was never going to do solo podcasts again because I know how difficult they are to do. Um, but I thought this one was just a little bit too important not to get my thoughts down um, on tape.